Would you like to become a fascinating personality, break free from plateaus and gain power over your mental resources and your full potential? You came to the right place. Welcome to a magical journey to yourself. This show is made in Germany. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or PureMindMagic.club. Welcome to Season 1, Shaping Your Reality. And here is your host, international magician, speaker, and book author, Victoria Mavis. episode 50 of pure mind magic and my magical guest marie beth highland today she is the founder of spark vision a company that focuses on connecting people and their mission is to create environments where people thrive so that is really motivational and today we will discuss how powerful the environment you are in at the moment really is and how powerful it even is when you make some changes and really decide to change your environment to start a new project or start writing your book or maybe creating your podcast. And I myself also changed my environment for creating my book how podcasting can change your life, unleash endless possibilities. Part of the book was written at Podcast Movement in Philadelphia at night after the sessions and also other parts were written in different other parts of the world. And it's true, it's really powerful when you change your environment, when you would like to dive completely into this creative process to create brand new content. Talking about the book, I decided as a special for all my listeners who are listening today as this episode comes out this Friday, I will give my book, How Podcasting Can Change Your Life, as Kindle ebook away for free via Amazon worldwide. So there will be a link in the show notes and you can grab a free copy of the book. A lot of energy went into the creation process of this book. It's full of resources, it's really motivational and it actually shows you how podcasting really has the power to change your life. I'm not just saying that and I didn't pick up this title for the book by accident. You will find all the benefits and all the reasons why in the book. It's really clear structure easy to read and yeah I just can recommend you get your free copy today. Tomorrow it will go back to the regular price so there is this one day offer today the whole day long you can grab it. And now let's invite Marie Beth Highland to the show and share her wisdom with us how she created a ton of content while she went on a personal retreat and also 
how he helps people to really improve their environment. She is also a speaker traveling the world and she is just an amazing person with so much positive energy. So here is for you Marie Beth Highland. Marie Beth, welcome to Pure Mind Magic. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So we met a couple of months ago at Podcast Movement Live and I just had the feeling that we have to make a connection and you are actually someone, you call yourself a connector. Yes, absolutely. And it was so great to meet you at the Podcast Movement Conference. It was a really wonderful group of people and I was so glad that we talked while we were there. Yeah, and before we go into everything you do, Mary Beth, can you share something unique about you with us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So while my work is in organizational culture and working with people across the generations, so I work in a consulting um, side of things, My real work that I want to be doing is I'm on a quest to become a cowgirl. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, so it's quite different than what I do from the day to day. And a lot of people think that when you own your own business, you're doing exactly what you want to be doing. And, and don't get me wrong, I love my work. I work with amazing people and, and companies. But my heart and soul has a calling me out to the mountains of Idaho, and I am in this wonderful position where um, I actually have a cowgirl mentor. So a woman who is a cowgirl by profession, her name is Cheyenne. She has been um, teaching me all the ways of how to herd cattle, uh, move them across mountains, move them across rivers on horseback. So it has been an incredible experience that is totally the opposite of what I get to do when I'm here in Baltimore, Maryland, in the US. Uh, in, I live in the city, so it couldn't be more different. Wow, that is really amazing. I think I never heard that before on my podcast. So <laughs> yeah, that is unique, definitely. I say, I'm not surprised. <laughs> So, Marie Beth, we now know what you do when you have some leisure time or like a side project, but what is the core of your business? Can you share with us? Sure. So, at the core of everything I do, I work with individuals and companies to create environments where people can thrive. So what are the, what's the emotional side of those environments? I really work in the concepts around culture. So how people are getting along with one another, what are the norms around communication and relationships? Um, are people aligned in the same direction to make the vision become a, a reality? And so really at the end of the day, it all comes back to What are those norms within those environments? And are they in a, in a position where people can thrive or are they in a position where people are really not doing well and they need some changes to happen in order to feel like they want to stay and be engaged in the work? Hmm. It's very good that you bring this theme up with the environment and also that you are working there because I just returned from a seminar and it was said there when we look at life that it is like 33.3% law of attraction, like 
karma, then we have 33.3% mindset and the other 33.3% are your environment because you are obviously 24 hours a day in your environment. So what would you say are the big factors really in our environment that influence us the most and what is the best strategy to really make changes? So when you talk about environment, do you mean like the day-to-day -day environment or are you asking specifically within the workplace setting? I would say maybe you can talk about both and where the difference is. Sure. So in the, well, actually there's quite a lot of similarities, but you, you had mentioned nature, right? Just a moment ago. And that is actually a, a big piece of What I use as a, as a piece of healing is being connected to nature. I read a, a book while I was on retreat recently called um, The Nature Fix, and it was really incredible in sort of the day-to-day -day how important it is for us to feel a connection to nature and the bigger part of life, the pieces of life that are bigger than us, that are bigger than our day-to-day -day involvement, and that it comes from the environment, the physical environment around us. And so when people are spending more physical time connected to things like taking hikes, um, doing things like grounding, so actually like taking your shoes off and putting your feet on the ground and feeling connected to the earth and this universe, um, those are actually really huge pieces in our personal lives um, for the day-to-day -day on what can make a big difference in feeling a sense of calm, feeling a sense of connection, and really just having more peace. But when we're talking more from the workplace setting, And I would argue this is for both sides of things. Um, a big focus is on interpersonal relationships. So uh, particularly in the U.S., there is quite a bit of struggle right now around the sense of loneliness. And there is research right now saying that people who experience a consistent experience of loneliness have the same physical side effects as if they were to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. Wow, that is crazy. It is. When I heard that, it just was like a, a just a punch to the gut. Like, wow, that is so sad, but it makes sense. So we're in this hyper-connected world, but yet people aren't taking as much time to be connected to their person that's in the cube next to them at work. They're not taking the time to understand more than just, did you get the job done? But how are you? And really wanting to know the answer to that question, not just the obligatory, how was your weekend kind of stuff. And so when it comes to having a sense of belonging, that is what is sort of the antidote to loneliness. And in a workplace, environments where people can thrive, the core of that is having a sense of belonging. And so being able to really connect not only with the person that is supervising you or the people that you are um, expected to have relationships with, but making the time to know the people that are around you, above you, below you, and knowing them for more than just their work, but who they are as individuals so that you can support each other as a tribe versus 
a group of people that just happen to be at the same organization. That is a big shift from going to a place that I work to a place that I want to go and be every day. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I uh, once had a magic show in Munich for Google and in the office building, it really felt like being at home, like it was mm. perfectly for nerds, I would say. I mean, I mean <laughs> it in a positive way because I'm, I'm really a fan of nerds. So when it comes to all the uh, Netflix programs, I'm always a fan of the, the nerd in the, in the series. So um, yeah, but I had this feeling there that they really, they shaped everything in a way that people really felt home there so it was like cozy and almost didn't look like an office so much so i was really impressed and especially in the kitchen so i also performed then close-up magic in the kitchen and kind of bar what they had there and then i thought to myself hmm it must be a huge difference when you work in a place that feels good and you are surrounded and there is this feeling of community and it's not like it feels more like being in a, a prison where everything is so sterile and just white and very, very minimalistic. So what would you say? Can this really affect us in a positive way when we have a good time at work? Oh my gosh, there's no question. There's no question. And one of the saddest things that's going on right now is the amount of people who feel trapped because they want to have a security as far as the financial aspect is concerned with what you get from the exchange of putting in your time and getting paid. And so there's so many people who are unhappy in the workplace because they feel that they need to stay there for a sense of stability, but they don't aren't thinking about the fact that you spend a minimum of 40 hours, maybe even 50 to 60 for some people, a week in that environment. So what is that saying about the time that you're going to be here on earth? You know, it's not it's not guaranteed how long we're going to be here. So if you're spending that much time in an environment that doesn't feel good, that isn't contributing to a sense of belonging, creating community for you, you're really missing out on the gifts that are right there if you kind of look a little bit differently and seeing what opportunities are out. Um, and, and reaching out for them and not just sort of giving in to, well, this is just where I'm stuck and I have to do this until I'm 65 and then I retire and then I get to have a good life. And this is actually one of the differences across the generations. So I also specialize in working across the generations with an expertise in millennial engagement, which are young professionals in the workplace today. And so It's one of these things where people are getting very frustrated thinking that this younger generation has such high expectations and is breaking all the norms and is making it so challenging and difficult. But what I found is that when we really sit down and start having conversations with people from across the generations, we realize that we all want the same things. We're just asking for them differently and we have different levels of tolerance. So while somebody perhaps that's more established in their career might feel like, well, I can't go and change something just because I'm not getting a good sense of community here because I'm too old to make a change. 
um, young professionals are saying, hey, I am, I'm not going to just stick around and hope things get better. There's other opportunities out there. So I'm going to go and find an environment where I can get a culture where I feel that sense of belonging and community and I'm working towards something that's bigger than myself. Uh, very nice words from you, Marie Beth. And you mentioned before the word alignment. Mm. Yes. So it's one of my favorite words at the moment. And I think there's a lot of magic in working when you are in alignment. But what is your approach on this? Yeah, I love that question. And I love that word, too. So we are two peas in a pod with that. <laughs> when I talk about culture within a company, I use the concept of values times behavior equals culture. So let me break that down. So your values are the how, how you get the work accomplished, the way that you treat people, the decision-making process, how that internal sort of compass around, is this okay or not okay? So if you look at those, so a lot of people will say, oh, I, we have core values of transparency, uh, loyalty, commitment, whatever those words might look like. But then you go in and you start to talk to the people that are there and you find, wait a second, nobody's sharing any information with each other. There's certainly not loyalty to one another. Everyone's throwing each other under the bus, pointing fingers. So why are we saying these are our values? And so in order to have that sense of alignment for an organization, I really start by looking at that, the values of that group and understanding are those actually the behaviors that are demonstrated here or are they just nice ideas? And if those aren't in alignment, how can we start to make small adjustments that are manageable, not some huge overhaul, but what are these tiny tweaks that we can start to make more opportunity that if transparency is super important to you, so how can you make that a part of every time you're having an all staff meeting? your weekly emails that are going out, the way that you're talking to one another about your projects, those kinds of things. And then when I think about it for an individual like you or I, I think about what are my core values? What are the things that really drive me and motivate me? So something I know we're going to be talking about today, and we've already touched on it a little bit. One of my core values is unity with nature. So if I don't spend time in nature, there is a drastic disconnect and I am out of alignment with what really makes me feel like I'm living in my purpose. And those values are unique and different to every individual. They're unique and different to every company. And they really have to be a reflection of the way in which you want to live your life. The, the sad part, but the great opportunity at the same time, is that most people don't even know what their values are because they haven't taken the time to really sit down and reflect on the things that light them up, the experiences in life that make them feel so alive, and kind of just go through life 
hoping things work out and say, you can say, oh, that felt good or that didn't feel good, but being very intentional about knowing, okay, I have the core value of unity with nature. That means I'm going to make sure that because I live in the city, I'm going to take a walk in the park at least every day. Because if I don't have that connection, my day, something's going to feel off. I might not be able to put my finger on it, but as soon as I get in alignment with that value, things, everything else starts to fall into place differently. Perfect. That is really magical then and very nice <laughs> how you put that together. And this is why I also think that alignment pl plays this huge role. So Marie Beth, what would you say, what role has the mindset when it comes to our environment? What is the role of like the nature and those pieces or all of our environment around us? Let's say the environment we spend the most time in. Mm. Oh my gosh. It is a place, a humongous role. So there is a, a, a quote that, that is around all the time that says you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that has always really stuck with me. It's something that my uncle used to say to me when I was a little girl. And I always thought, why does he keep saying this? <laughs> But really he, he'd always end with, so don't hang out with losers. <laughs> <laughs> So it always was kind of this funny thing. I never really took it to heart. But as I grew older, I started to understand, wow, that really is quite true. So depending on the environment, the people that you're surrounding yourself with and the types of spaces that you're in, the physical side of the environment, plays a humongous role in understanding what you believe to be true, to be real. And also with your mindset, as you talked about, if you're surrounded by people who are in a bad place and are bringing you down sort of the Winnie the Pooh, if you think about the Eeyores, the people that are always finding something wrong with the situation and are always ready to complain, you're going to be more likely to find things wrong with the situation and more likely to complain because those are the norms that are around you and creating that. Whereas I've had this wonderful experience since starting my own business of being able to really spend the majority of my time with people who care about living in alignment. They're intentional about how they spend their time and they love connecting and talking about what that does for them overall. And so because I'm now surrounded by people who have a similar mindset, it just keeps affirming and making me want to push further and further versus thinking, well, maybe this is stupid and maybe this is just me and, you know, I don't know if this is a good use of my time. I should just do what everybody else is doing because that seems to be working for other people versus hey, I'm not surrounding myself with the people that believe in the same things as me, so I need to go find another group. I need to go create a tribe around me who believes in these things, and we're all going to push each other forward to continue that mindset as the norm versus the outlier. Yes, you're so right on that, Marie-Beth. I think this is also the concept of this uh, joining a mastermind group or just... Yes spending time with people who can 
hold you accountable so that you are really doing your things and they give you good motivation and good energy so that you can really reach your goals. So talking about goals, environment and alignment, when we met, you were just about to leave your all day environment to a special environment in nature. I think it was in the mountains where you wanted to get offline to write your book in a retreat. And I just love the idea and that you were about to do it. Please tell us the story and the, the experiences you made during that time. Yes, I love talking about it. I could talk about this all day long. This is really where I feel like I am the most alive and the most in alignment. So I am really grateful that my great uncle, actually the same person who told me not to hang out with losers, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, had a 100 acre ranch on the top of a mountain in Idaho. And he went out there actually for his own um, self-medication. He had really serious post-traumatic stress from being in the Korean War. And he decided to immerse himself completely in nature as a part of his healing, which is why this ranch even exists. So out there, the front of the cabin is an original Pony Express stop. And the Lewis and Clark Trail runs behind the property. So while we have 100 acres, it backs up into uh, protected land. So it's even bigger than that as far as the, the, the magnitude of this space. And because the, the property is at the top of the mountain, you are completely and utterly alone. And I say that in the best possible way. So there's no TV, there's no internet, there's no cell phone reception. There is a landline, so you can still get phone calls. And if you have an emergency or anything like that, you can still reach other people. However, when you go out by yourself, like I just did, and I like to do that twice a year, This is an opportunity to really silence all of the noise that happens simply by just logging onto your computer every morning, right? Oh, you get so much news, you get so much information, there's so much going on. And while it's a great thing to have that access and to know what's happening, to be removed from the day to day and to be completely immersed in nature from the sounds of nature, from the visuals of nature, from the smells, all of the senses really being activated in, in a very different way than when I go through my day-to-day -day here living in the city. It is as if I can really go to, to a different place within myself that I never knew existed. I really, the first time that I went out was three years ago. That was the first time I went by myself. I've been going there since I was a little girl, but I never thought I could really go by myself because I thought I was an extrovert. I now know that I'm a closeted introvert, but I, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to try this thing. I know other people go on these retreats by themselves and I know good things come from them. So let me just try and see what it's like. And the first day that I was out there, and again, this was three years ago versus my last one, which I will certainly get back to talking about. But when I first started, the, the, the thoughts that come to mind immediately are, what kind of animal is going to eat me? <laughs> <laughs> Who is going to come out here and get me in the middle of the night? And no one's going to know because I'm by myself. 
you know, you have all of these fear-based thoughts, at least that was my experience, because you're so alone that it's this, all the noises seem like something that's gonna get you versus, wait a second, this is such a gift. And so after about 12 hours of having that extreme feelings of fear of what's gonna happen to me while I'm out here all alone, I made this deal with myself and I said, my uncle has lived here for 30 years before he passed and left this to my family, to my mother, um, who's now out there. And so what does that mean? He never had an issue. He never got bitten by a rattlesnake. A bear never attacked him. There was never a coyote that came up on his property and made it a problem. So why am I telling myself that in my head? So I made a deal with myself that I'm going to enjoy all of the noises because I don't get to experience them in my space at home. I'm going to take them in and use them and pay attention to how they are activating my brain in a new way. And I'm gonna make every single day a ritual for myself. So I'm going to sleep as long as my body wants. I'm, so meaning I'm gonna wake up whenever I'm ready. I'm gonna make myself a cup of tea. I'm gonna meditate and then I'm gonna go for a hike for as long as I feel like it and then I'm gonna come back and start my day. And every day consists usually of reading for eight or so hours and then writing when the sun goes down. And that's what something that I have been doing for, like I said, about three years now. And I always leave those experiences with such rich information about myself, such new levels of creativity that I didn't even know existed for myself or were possible to be able to tap into. Because I mentioned I take this hike every morning. When I go and take my hike, I will walk home with maybe 10 ideas of something I want to write about for my blog. And I'll come and I'll just get so excited and I'll start typing out and it just flows out as if it was no effort at all. And so recently when I had the pleasure of meeting you at the conference, I had decided that I'm going to start writing my first book and I knew that I had to go out to this environment to begin the process. And I had a goal of getting the beginning levels of it ready so that I could be at a point where I can present it to literary agents. I didn't have a clue what the table of contents was gonna look like. I knew an overall concept of what I wanted to write about, but I went out completely with a blank slate of, I'm gonna come home knowing the answers to this. And because of that ritual and the process and really being in a space where there was, I didn't have to think about anybody else's opinion or anything that anybody else needed from me. And I was in a space that I could completely open my creative side and just allow the thoughts to channel through me in a way that just felt like a gift every time they came. The book started and came out as though I wasn't even writing it. It was the most incredible experience where I was able to write, I got my entire outline finished for the book in 25 minutes. Wow. It was, I didn't understand what was happening. It was one of these experiences that was just like, wow. 
I sat that morning, I set the intention that I wanted to have my outline completed. By the end of the day, I said, wow, this is a problem. I don't have my outline done. I sat down on my computer and it just flowed out and it was done in 25 minutes. And I thought, wow, I don't know that I would be able to do that back at home because I don't have the same amount of space that separates me from all the things I have to get done, all the things I have to do, all the people that need something from me. And when I was in a place where I could do that, it just continued to flow and flow and flow and flow. And so I'm really happy to say that I was able to get more accomplished than I anticipated. And now I'm in a really good space to be able to get everything together that I need and to continue the book writing process since I got a really good jump start by being on this retreat. Wow, that is really amazing. And I would say you created magic there. It's so feels like that. And I have to tell you, it was such a beautiful thing when you approached me and said, this retreat feels like magic. And I talk about magic, the magic. And I thought, wow, she really gets this because it is, it's otherworldly. It's a whole nother level of experience that it's so hard to describe, even with the best words that I can pull. You can't describe it to the degree that you need to feel it and experience it yourself. Yeah, I think there are really things out in this world where there are no words for. It's like this pure magic feeling. And I think your approach to your book is so amazing because so many people try to do it before work or after work and they are with their mind already in the normal working day or still in work when they are trying to sit down and write a book. And I think that putting the title of author to your profile really changes a lot of things. So it does. Yeah. Author, Has that changed a lot for you? Yeah, definitely. So with my book, How Podcasting Can Change Your Life, it's really amazing. So because so many magic doors open then and you can make so many connections and for yourself, I think to make this commitment and really do it. And it's really great to be a speaker then and you have your product when people want to learn more about you. And yeah, I think in any field, so it can make a difference and everyone has this unique message in them. And it's just about how you can bring it out of your mind and your head, because I think so many people are walking around with a finished book in their head, but they never sit down and start writing it. So what would you say are, what is a good start or where to look for a retreat like you did or to do a retreat on your own? What are your best practice tips here? That's a great question. And I have to say, as you were just your last, pieces that you were just sharing, I'm sitting here just nodding my head, nodding my head in agreement with everything <laughs> you just said. A lot of people ask me this question because they think, oh, well, that's only because your family has this property and you have this wonderful gift, which is so true. I, I do not take that for granted. I am so grateful for having the opportunity to be able to use a space like this that is so disconnected and isolated and beautiful. However, one of the things that I've also been working on for myself and helping others here where I am on the East Coast is around the fact that you don't have 
to go out into the depths of wilderness to have these kinds of experiences. You can find these places of retreat actually in everyday life. And one of my challenges to myself and to a lot of people that I work with one-on-one -on -one is what is that place for you? What is that retreat quote unquote experience that could literally be in your backyard or an hour and a half drive? It doesn't have to be an extreme in the way that I just described mine. And so a lot, one of the wonderful things actually now is organizations like Airbnb and people who are opening their homes to really beautiful, amazing places that you can rent for shorter periods of time that are in the kinds of environments where you can thrive. So for example, some people really love to see water, that water is a very calming effect. It's something that can feel very inspiring to others. Some people do their best work when they're alone. Other people do better work when they get, they like to feel the energy of others around them. So for me, like I, I don't, I don't understand how people can work in coffee shops. I, I cannot, I do so much better when I'm alone and I don't have noise around me, but I get that some people, they do much better when they can get the energy from other people around them. So I think the first step for somebody who is seeking this kind of experience is to take some time to tap into yourself and, and know, is being alone going to be more productive for me? Do I need to place where I can have some options as to whether or not I'm going to choose to be around other people? Or is it the kind of thing where I need to kind of take baby steps towards seeing if that experience of being alone is going to work for me? And that really is an individual process. So I'd say that would be the one of the first pieces is, is knowing what is that, that level of isolation for you that feels good, but also to push yourself to find out and not just make assumptions because I assumed I would not do well on my own, but I pushed myself to see what it would feel like. And now I know it's my favorite thing. And, but the other piece would then be on the physical environment side of it. So as I mentioned earlier, are you the kind of person who being at the beach is your happy place? Are you the kind of person where the mountains are your happy place? Are you the kind of person where the city and the hustle and bustle is your happy place? And figuring out, okay, what is that combination then of the physical environment around the, in the nature side of things and then the other piece of the human side of things? And realizing then too, what can I afford? as far as the time that I'm going to be away. And when I say afford, I don't just mean money. I mean also, again, your, your time is a, the most valuable thing that you have. So can I give this? Can I put value on this just as much as I would if I were going and facilitating a workshop for two days? Am I gonna put the same value on what I'm gonna get in return as as I would in sort of a transaction of money to survive. So really understanding what is the value that you're giving to this. For me, when I go on my retreats, the value is almost, you can't even measure it because I can get an entire season's worth of content written for my newsletter 
And that value is extreme because it's no longer something I'm working on when I get home. So I have this different understanding of the value versus the cost of the experience. So, and, and then setting some goals around what is it that you want to accomplish? Sometimes simply getting to know yourself better is a completely and utterly beautiful investment of your time by going on a retreat. So whether it's facilitated by somebody else or you're doing it yourself, silence and sitting with yourself is extraordinarily valuable. Or is this going to be sort of on the other end where you want to retreat that is more focused towards getting certain things accomplished like I wanted to get this my package together for being able to pitch my book and understanding then, okay, if I want to get these four things accomplished, what does that mean as far as my time is concerned and how I'm going to balance the retreat aspect of really soaking in being in a different environment that's going to have healing powers in the physical side and also balancing it with wanting to get things accomplished. So knowing that uh, there is, if you go in saying, I need to get all these things done and I'm on a rigid schedule and this has to happen by this day and this has to happen by the next day, you might not get the full experience of being able to enjoy the environment that you're in as far as a retreat is concerned. But I think you need to be able to use it to understand okay, I wanted to get these five things done, but I've gotten these three, which is pretty good. I didn't get all the way there. However, here's all the other things that I got because now I know myself better and I have this better insight in the way that I work and the way that I think and those kinds of pieces. So I think being a little bit flexible with yourself is also a, a really good piece. And so it doesn't create this intense amount of pressure on the experience that can take away some of the joy of even committing the time to going away. Wow, that was so inspirational. It's just amazing what you say. And you said it in such a nice way that I feel I want to leave my podcasting studio right away and go on a retreat <laughs> <laughs> into the mountains. Because, you know, here in Munich, it's uh, really cool because you, we are so close to the mountains. So it's not not an hour away and you are really in the mountains and it's like two hours away and you are in Austria and maybe three hours to Italy. So wow. pretty close yeah. and a lot of magical places there. So yeah, I think that's, that's really amazing. And you gave real wisdom away here and inspire people on what is possible with taking time out. And as you mentioned, right, I mean, you have, to afford that but as you also said i think the rewards you can get are huge when you do it and much more than when you try to do 20 minutes every day between lunch and whatever so thank you so much for sharing this with us marie beth and because i think a lot of the listeners would like to get more from you now and find out more about you i know you have a newsletter and you mentioned already that you got all the content when you were in the retreat for one year and i think only that is just awesome how can we find your newsletter and sign up oh thank you so much for asking my company is called spark vision and the website is spark 
visionnow.com. And when you get there, there is a link on the side that asks if you want to sign up for the newsletter. And if you want to just read some of the articles, I actually write frequently on this retreat experience. I have a multi-part series called My Quest to Become a Cowgirl. So if people are specifically interested in the retreat aspect of things, you can go on the blog and look for those kinds of articles. But uh, the newsletter comes out every other week. It is completely free. And everything always comes back to how do you create environments where people can thrive? So that is always going to be the style and types of uh, writing that you'll see if you're interested in getting it more regularly. Fantastic. That is really great. So, so Marie Beth, for uh, the end, for the final words, do you have some more magic wisdom, some magic words or just something that inspired you on a very deep level that you can give away for the listeners? I love that you asked this because I use this all the time. I almost always end all, any workshop or anything that I'm speaking about with this quote, and it's by E.E. E. Cummings, and it is, it takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. That is so true. It really takes courage. Marie-Beth, thank you so much for being on Pure Mind Magic today. I really had a great time with you and learned a lot myself. And I would love to stay in contact and maybe even bring you back in another episode. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. It's been such a joy. Thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, I really hope you can't wait after listening to this amazing interview with Marie Beth Highland to get away and create your book, your podcast or your online course or whatever is on your mind at the moment. And remember, it's the day of the days where you can get my ebook, How podcasting can change your life. Unleash endless possibilities completely for free on Amazon. There will be a link in the show notes where you can get the book worldwide for zero euros, dollars, pounds or whatever your currency is right now. Tomorrow it will be at the regular price again, but today you can get it for free from Amazon. You can also go directly to Amazon and type in how podcasting can change your life. That will also lead you to the book directly. Maybe you're curious about what will happen next week. I decided to create another midweek motivation for you with the title why magicians are able to fool you so i will leave some clues in this episode and maybe alert you for some situations in your life where someone or something could be about to trick you or just to give you some insights into the world of show business and what you can adapt for your business. So I promise another interesting episode and would be happy if you tune in again. When you like this episode, please be so kind and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It will take you only 60 seconds, but really helps to grow the show and inspire more people in a magical way around the world. I would be really grateful if you could do that for me. 
thank you in advance. And until next time, create some magic.